You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. It's Monday, two days after Nordame. Loses decisively to Michigan 45-14. to We met with Brian Kelly a little bit earlier here today. On Monday, I'm Tim Priest with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson to talk about Michigan. Um, we're probably going to talk quarterbacks a little bit, too, since that was a hot topic at, at Brian Kelly's press conference. He tried to steer the questioning towards Virginia Tech which is a pretty good team, which is a team that's playing pretty well. The Notre Dame's going to have to play well to win. But inevitably, it got back to Michigan and, of course, the uh, quarterback situation with Ian Book and Phil Dracovic. Tim, anything? <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, I, will, uh, I want to agree with the, uh, I think the majority of people watching the game that at some point in the third quarter, 17 nothing. I thought, you know, Ian Book cannot win this game. <clears throat> um, this is an easy conversation to have if you're Brian Kelly with your senior captain who is been in this position before, Ian. We need a spark. I'm going with Phil. Stay ready. That's all you need to say. It is that. It is that. that it, yeah, he's not a little wilting flower. Ian Book would be mad, and he would be ready to go as soon as he was put back in the game. I, That's he, fair. Book couldn't have won the game, so you take a shot. It, it became as I was reviewing the game, and then the tail of tape this morning. It became. I'm just saying. It became a little bit problematic as to when to insert him. I read that you. when Book. Scored. When they scored yep. with five whatever to go in the third quarter, now it's now it's seventeen to seven. Seven. Sure. Yeah, it was a game. Now by, it's a game. By according to the scoreboard. Right. That's I mean it didn't feel like it was right. a game, but it was How, a game. Now, yeah. now Michigan responded and scored right there, <clears throat> but you're going to give Book another shot to see if you can lead him in the end zone and now it's twenty four fourteen. I agree one hundred percent with that. You cannot pull Ian Book after he leads a touchdown drive, even though that touchdown drive should have ended with the interception. Yeah, Yeah, because that's one of the worst interference calls you're ever going to see. But they caught a break. And the same way... They caught a break. Yeah, (laughs) I have something else to say about breaks that were caught in this game. You know John Jones and not knowing what the hell's going on when you're recovering a fumble that you don't have to recover? That was a bad break for Notre Dame. You know what else was a bad break? When Michigan roughed Notre Dame's punter and Notre Dame couldn't gain another yard, Michigan seemed to handle their bad break a little bit better than Notre Dame did. You you should always have an ominous feeling if there's a special teams play that goes against Notre Dame in the first quarter of a big game. Because it pretty much always ends the same way, with like a four-touchdown loss. Hey, uh, I gave special teams a D grade. Everybody else got an F. So that, that, was, that was one of the... Well, I mean, 423 yards. Was, uh, Bo Bauer was my uh, MVP. Bo Bauer and Jay Bramblett of were... the whole game? Yeah, why not? Who, who else? Bramblett got 423 punting yards. That's a lot. Yeah, you know, I, th- it on. I thought, you know, Claypool competed his butt off. He kind of whiffed on one deep ball. I'm not sure why, but he competed hard. Um, if everyone made one play like Bo Bauer, we would not be sitting here with well, this. Well, that's true. That's true. He's, he's one of the yeah. he's one of the he's one of the great special teams players he's, of he's, our generation he's having, in Notre he's Dame. Having a really good year at that, and uh, it doesn't matter at this point. I, you know, I also, <laughs> I mean, as far as other guys that played well, I, you know, I, a lot of us are saying, and I, I've said it, that uh, Gilman's not playing to the level that he set last year. But the guy refuses to be hurt. He refuses to stay out of the game. He's second on the team in tackles. He's busting his ass. You can move him around and do different things with him. If he's not playing to his best level, I I don't. I don't disagree with that. But I, I, you know, if you can give me an Alohi Gilman on a Notre Dame team every year, I think that that would be beneficial. Yeah, I mean, Alohi Gilman's part of whatever solution Notre Dame is going to come up with the rest of the year. 
Like he's yeah, he's a big part of it. Um, I think people are obviously and rightfully annoyed at the tackling of the football against USC, and it, it probably exacerbated which you the situation. Don't, you don't do that against their running backs. Right, I, right. You, you know, I mean, you correct. Have to. I mean, it also felt like something that they were coached to do against USC. I don't think. Aloe Gilman is like, screw it, I'm not tackling him. I'm just going to try to strip the ball. I'm never a huge fan of the tackling the football unless they're inside your red zone where, hey, this play could change, be the difference <clears throat> no, between the ball and that's points. How, I mean, yeah. Mike Elko taught it that way. It, and it's not the first guy in the tackle. It's supposed to be the second and third guy, right? <laughs> that, that's the I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's that. But that's how Mike Elko developed a reputation of, of uh, creating turnovers. But, um, you know, out physical, out prepared. That's why I asked Brian Kelly today, I mean, is there something that you, looking back on the way you handled the bye week, it was suggested to me by someone, let me just leave it at that, that they they may have over-prepared during the week. They may have not been hmm. physically, mentally, and emotionally oh, okay. ready to, that they, that they, that it was, it was too much, too much studying, too much practice, too much that's why I wanted to ask him that, and I don't know if that's the case or not. But hmm. yeah, there's you know there, that's the problem with this is there's it's probably part of it, and there's probably a million other parts involved with it. There's guys losing focus. There's guys. I don't know how you lose focus for this game, but clearly the over preparation did not include the ability to adjust to what Don Brown was going <laughs> to do to you. <laughs> so whatever preparation they had, they needed to change it or tweak it in some way. We talked about uh, the lunch eating. <laughs> Last year, Chip Long ate his lunch in the first half and got it given right back to him, yep. shoved back in his face. Don Brown went out and bought some humble pies and yeah. smashed them in Notre Dame's face for 60 minutes. The best line that entire game was they're down 17. It feels like they're down 80. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of how it felt. At one point watching the game, I looked out there and I thought, they have no way of threatening Michigan. They now, don't, which is, I mean, that we didn't see. It, it was, was such a huge that was not a surprise to me, though, which is alarming. I'm not the surprised. Rest of it was a surprise I'm too. not surprised at all that Notre Dame's offense did not show up in this game. Because what, surprise on the defense. You know what's I'm re- shocked by what, the defense. What's really alarming is that, and Tim, I'm not going to speak for you. I guess I won't speak for you either, yeah. Pat, but I know, I understand. I knew that I should pick a Notre Dame loss last week. Well, so I said on my, so that's what I'm saying. I'll be I, I, right. Yeah. I should <laughs> I mean, have he, shown up for the Thursday he, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, I was Team A, Team B. If I was just, you know, yeah. but I don't, I don't follow through with that. So what I do, I, I tried to do the next best thing and predict the Notre Dame win in overtime to make it as close <laughs> oh, to a loss. Better than my one point win. Yeah. That's why. That's yeah. why I thought you were yeah. going to say on okay. Friday. But that's a bunch of crap. Yeah. Uh, shame, I, shame on me for not sticking with my instincts because. And I, I, you had him in the preseason too. Um, a, a couple guys that we work with. When I walked into when my when I first set foot into Michigan Stadium on Saturday, right outside of the rain, I said, "I've got a really bad feeling about this game." <laughs> I I thought Notre Dame would win um, throughout the week, and I yeah. apologize to influencing either one of you in any way. <laughs> but um, I will say, and this is when people say, "Well, history yeah. has nothing to do with it." Yeah. The second I pulled into that. Hellhole. Yeah. I was positive there was a problem was going on because it's just it's just a bad. There's some bad juju up there, man. So we were saying both of you actually picked Notre Dame to lose in the same way that Michael Scott declared bankruptcy. Yes, I just he just declared it. <laughs> Say the word. Okay. It was uh, I nobody, even the most ardent Michigan fan said you know I, the final score of this game is going to be forty five to fourteen. Right. Yeah. There was no. You couldn't get to that end. You couldn't. I mean, you had. 
that's it was and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I've had a few conversations with people worse than the Miami game or not. I don't know the answer. However, it's a terrible conversation. <laughs> yes. I tell you what, you know why I think it's worse? Because Brian Kelly brought it up today. Miami game was a bunch of turnovers and weird stuff too. This was just Michigan laughing at Notre Dame's offense. 180 yards, Tim. 180 yards in a game where the other team was able to get over 430. I forget what they had. So you go back to the North, North Carolina State game for a 113-yard game. That is a 100% weather-influenced game. North Carolina State also couldn't get over 180 yards in that game. You have to go back to Pete Carroll and Charlie Weiss to get a worse yardage discrepancy. And that was worse. Was, they that, your, was that your Taylor Mays reference? Yeah. Yes. 91 yards in 2008, which is just... It's kind of funny to read. Well, that, but this, they couldn't do anything. This Miami, they had chances. When, when, when it's suggested that there's no way Nordane can lose this game, you're going against a defense. I, I don't remember the order. I've, I said yeah. this to you. I don't remember the order that they the, have appeared. But in the last four years, Michigan's finished tied for first in total defense, second, third, and fourth. And now they're up to eighth because they just hung, <laughs> they just hung like one eight. Maryland this week, they might be yeah. up to fourth. Yeah. Game. Um, They're only favored by 17, it's, by the way. It's ridiculous to say there's no way that Michigan can win at home with a defense like that. Yeah. Michigan scores against Notre Dame at home. And because all these games are played back-to-back, it is not a roster turnover situation, okay? So since 2009, well, throughout 2007, because anybody can score whatever they wanted to against Notre Dame in 2007. So 2009 at Michigan, 38. Then 35. Then 41. Then 45. When they come to Notre Dame, it took Denard Robinson to score 28, then Denard Robinson to score 6, then Devin Gardner to score 0, and then Notre Dame or Michigan last year to score 17. These are all back-to-back games. They are way better at home than they are on the road. Yeah. I can't explain why, necessarily. They are way better at home. The point totals against Notre Dame, those defenses, well, one was, one was Tanuta, but it was Diaco, Diaco, and Lee. And those are the point totals. Right. That's crazy. Do you, either of you, have a explanation about what happened to Notre Dame's defense? Um, because to me, that that was incredibly alarming in a, mm, is this a blueprint for the rest of the season kind of way? Would you attack Notre Dame's defense with, I guess, you know, more of like the traps, delayed runs? Um, they, they seem to let Notre Dame's, you know, as much as like the physicality was part of it, Strategically, they were also very superior to Notre Dame because there were times where Notre Dame would get push, but it was push that Michigan wanted them to right. get, yeah. and then they just run in behind it. I would, if I was Clark Lee, I would I would be very very concerned that there's something on tape now that like this is how Notre Dame's defense plays up front. They're this aggressive, and this is how you counter it, and you can just run all over them when you do. Well, I think that's a. I mean, it's an interesting point. I don't know the answer. I think it's an interesting point. I think it would. I think it would be beneficial in Notre Dame's defense if Julian O'Quara cared about making a tackle on a running play because he doesn't. And that's why he has 14 tackles in seven games. Um, yeah, I, Pete, you're absolutely right. And that's why I came out of it saying, damn, Josh, Josh Gaddis called a great game. He was, yeah. he was good. He was creative in the red zone, but he was still true to running three tight ends inside the five and banging it into the end zone. I don't know if this is a Michigan fan or not that submitted the podcast question, but it was funny. It's not on here. <laughs> More overrated, Brian Kelly. 
Chip Longer, Ian Book, in the wake of our John Harbaugh, Josh Gaddis, and Shea Patterson questions from about a month ago. I was like, wow. I well, I mean, everything that we thought, you know, when we're talking about offensive lines, comparing offensive lines going into the game, and you feel well, uh, a whole lot differently well, about that. And though. my one feeling was if Notre Dame could just win a draw with the offensive line, that the defense, this is all wrong, but if Notre Dame could just win a draw with <laughs> their, offense, theory, with no their offensive yeah. line, if they can play to a, to a draw, Notre Dame's defensive front seven will win this game. Now, I would have loved to have seen Notre Dame play them to a draw up front to see what could have happened because it wouldn't have been 45-14, to 14, but the defense still, they had about a quarter. It was the end of second, middle, third. They played good football, really, really good football. But everything else was so poor. It's shocking. Like they, they even got some breaks, and it was shocking. It just doesn't, it doesn't compute to what we've seen. And I, I thought maybe when they were playing so well at the end of the second, beginning of into the well into the third, this could continue the whole game, and maybe Notre Dame can lose this game twenty four to seventeen, make a game of it. I mean, they caved in too. Yeah. No, I never, I never thought Notre Dame was going to. I, no, I mean, I mean it, it was, it was, it was it over seventeen to but, nothing, yeah. and I understand from Kelly's standpoint that. When you score the touchdown, now you want to stay with your quarterback and see if he can spark something. But <coughs> there wasn't enough in the passing game to do that. <clears throat> Another loss where they fall way behind. That's 19 out of the 37, where they fall behind by at least two touchdowns to start a game. I wonder what other teams are. I mean, I'm sure it's not that striking because good, good teams aren't getting hammered like right, that. They're, they're, they're good otherwise, usually, so that's yeah. strange. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I didn't realize they lost 10 straight to top 20 teams on the road. Because you throw in the top 25 and they didn't with Virginia yep. Tech and stuff like that in Temple. Yeah. Is it 11 straight or 10 straight? I think it's 10 now. Going back to yeah. Oklahoma was the last yeah. time they beat a top 20 team team top 20 right. team on the and road. They were four, they're four and whatever, four and whatever they are now. 13, not 2 and 10 or whatever because people just decided to forget the 2012 area. Yeah. But, uh, but the 10 straight on the top 20 on the road, is it just didn't feel like that because of the, <laughs> the win last year, I guess, against a bad Virginia Tech team that was number 24. But now they're not going to get another chance this year. No, they will not. And now, now I see people referring to the remaining schedule as the JV part of the schedule, which is. Well, I got some. I got. <laughs> I have a prediction for the JV part of the schedule. Either maybe I'll save it for next podcast. Well, Thursday. you better you better be wary of you better be wary of Navy. You better Every be, single you week. You better be wary of the way Virginia Tech is playing. That was what I spent the how many hours we were in the press box before the damn game started. I. <laughs> I watched that was a, the longest. Stretch, I watched a lot of Virginia time. Tech. Yeah. Before the Notre Dame-Michigan uh, game, and, and Virginia Tech is, we're going to get into some Jerkovic questions. So the people that want, I'll, actually, I'll save that comment for a second. And I'll save my, segment, my but, November comment. for. Well, how about yeah. this, what Brian Kelly said, so we can all shoot it down at the same time. If they win November, that's the feel-good story. That's the happy story that changes everything. It's just a good thing to do. No, it's break-even. Right. You break-even at 10-2 at this point. That's and if you're thrilled with breaking even, great. Um, but that's what that would represent, breaking even. Because it's okay to lose to Michigan. People just got very mad at me. How you lost to 24 Michigan. to 23 yes. in a battle for your lives, and you find out, hey, they're just as good as we are. You lose the well, game, it's fine. They, talent-wise, they are just as good as right. Notre Dame. Whether that's people want to admit yeah. that or not, talent-wise, they're just as good as Notre Dame. You they can't always hold a were, team to 180 yards. They but. always were. They were being undercoached, or, or, or Harbaugh and his staff was doing a poor job, and, and now the... Now the tables turn Saturday night. Their offensive line looked better than Notre Dame's, Tim, from your uh, preseason column. I'd like to throw that in. Yeah, but I changed that opinion <laughs> based cha- upon the first seven games. So. Change it back. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, they were you know I I said an instant analysis. I mean, let's be real here. Let's be analysts. Michigan played great, 
and, oh, and, and Notre Dame played lousy. I total get that. credit to them. They Michigan, Michigan came out and played the rivalry games the way you're supposed to come out and play the rivalry games in every way. Yeah, in the rain. Oh God, I, this is not an excuse, but the rain didn't rain on Michigan. Side, I mean, I no, like it didn't. It didn't. No... It didn't rain on Michigan mm-hmm. side, and but they ran it so well that they didn't really need yeah, to throw it a whole bunch. And that counts. I, I know, I know. I, I got you, man. I got you. Segment two, burning up the boards. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burning up the board, segment two, question from Joseph Ramos. Do you consider this a devastating loss? How far does a loss like this set the program back? With a loss this bad, did we have a false sense of security or where we thought the program was? Let's start with devastating loss. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It could not be worse of a loss. This is the worst Possible. Everybody, Notre, oh, every could, Notre Dame, it can always be worse. Every Notre Dame fan thought they would win. Can it be worse when you're? Oh yeah, on the no, run? it can definitely be worse. Okay. Well, that's why I, I interpret it like devastating. I mean, devastating, like it's going to. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to recover and win the rest of your games. I, I don't know that it's. I don't. I don't look at it that way. It was certainly devastating being in the midst of it. There's no I think doubt. Getting about knocked that. out of the playoffs by 31 yeah. points at Michigan. No, I know, but I, how you interpret devastating, yeah. meaning that it's going to. You're not going to be able to win the rest of your games. I still think they can win the rest of your, their games. No, but your primary goal is destroyed. That's true. That's devastating. That's devastating. That does not mean you can't go ten and two. No, that part's devastating. How far does the loss set the program back? That's due to the response. That's where the response comes in. Do they go eleven and two? I'm not sure. Ten and three means a whole heck of a lot. That that helps <clears throat> to set the program back if you lose well, your. Yeah, is eleven and two is breaking even. Ten and two is. Uh, I'm going ten and two. Like I, I don't count the bowl games as like relevant to how I feel about the season anymore. Unless outside of the playoff, like let's say they go to the Camping World Bowl against and Texas, play. and Cole Komet is like, I'm not playing. And you know maybe some maybe some seniors are like, I you know I'm I'm going pro, so I don't need to play in this game. That's like I. I stop evaluating that as like this yeah. is this is where the program is. So yeah, yeah it sets the program back a lot, but. If they win ten, if they go ten and two, to have won thirty-two games in three years, that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong oh, with that. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. There's, nothing, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. I, I would just when you're looking at one year. So did we have it's a false sense of security as to where the program was? One hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, you can't. Have a, they in had one hundred eighty yards. They had one hundred eighty yards. It's worse than the score. Yeah. They had one hundred and eighty yards. They gave up three hundred three on the ground. I don't. I know. I'm trying to think what's worse. Because Scores I, happen in weird ways. Like, but Brian you, lost, Kelly, you lost by 31. Yeah, but Brian Kelly brought up like Ohio State and Purdue. That was like a party that all the crazy stuff that happened for Purdue. But Ohio State didn't have 180 yards in that game. Right, but you could have held Michigan to 234, and then it would have been like, okay, it was one of those kind of games. Right, then I guess 180 to 4, whatever, yeah. is the problem. Any Davis, too. Big picture. What does a performance like this in year 10 against a hated opponent with slim playoff aspirations on the line to... What does it do for the state of the program? Uh, it makes them irrelevant nationally the rest of the season. And to me, that's that's really one of the, the big blows here because for Notre Dame to have a successful season, you need to be in the playoff conversation when the first playoff 
Dog and Pony yeah, show comes yeah. on TV. You have to Notre Dame needs to give its fan base a reason to watch that show. They and usually now, have, yeah. and now they do not have a reason to watch that show. You want to feel like you're in it for at least a week. There's two things. One, be careful what you wish for because back in early September I was lamenting that no one can talk college football without talking about the playoffs, and now we will not talk about the playoffs for ten weeks. Uh, number two, I feel like the humiliating nature of the loss is almost as bad. Is not it's not it's the same as falling out of playoff. Contention. You fall to playoff contention if you lose 24-23. The humiliating nature of this loss to Michigan is really <clears throat> rough for Notre Dame fans' stomach. I know that's not important right now to Brian Kelly, nor should it be. But it is a problem. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, yeah. fans are fans because they enjoy stuff. There's nothing to enjoy there. This is, this is amazing. The people right. that drove up for that and turned around their tail between their legs and drove home. I mean, I feel their pain. I've seen it before. I like all the texts I got about leaving. <laughs> Can you leave at halftime? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. You're an ex-player. I'm on seven. That's fine. And uh, <laughs> I officially end my, unless I'm 73 covering Notre Dame in 2033, <laughs> which I promise you will not be happening, I end with a 4-10 and 10 Notre Dame record at Notre Dame Stadium. Don't but keep promises you can't. Michigan Stadium. A lot yeah. of, you can't keep yeah. research. I'm just saying. Priester, you're going you to the game on Friday. I you bet do you not know Michigan if you can keep that promise. <laughs> you know I'll have another grabber yeah. before then. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. No, that's not true. I'm, I'm completely healthy now. Jim underscore Booney at CRS. On a scale of one to ten. <laughs> one to Miami. <laughs> no, no, it is. Oh, okay. On a scale of one to Miami. Yeah. yeah. Where does the game fall on the embarrassment scale for Notre Dame? Before Georgia, you said the coaching staff was too good to let Miami of 2017 repeat itself. Well, what about now? We were wrong because it was a, it was they went full Miami. I mean, I didn't. I I, the only, know, I still stand by man. I didn't think yeah. it was going to happen. I no. think the only difference, uh, the only reason I think Miami was worse, we all maybe Miami was undefeated when they came. We all felt Notre Dame was better that year than they than right now. That team seemed great the way they ran the ball. I just thought Miami would break at that game at some point. I did not. I, I am. I don't know if I'm alone in this, but at no point when Kirk Herbstreet and others jumped on this conversation that Notre Dame is better this year than they were last year, did I agree? I know people don't like Dexter Williams because of blah 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 and all that stuff. Dexter Williams, Miles Boykin, Tavon Coney, Drew Tranquil, Jerry Tillery are all more important to a team than the guys that are playing well in their stead. They were be- Julian Love. They were yeah, a better I mean, team last on. year. I don't care what they said. I, I thought I, it before. I've said it. I thought it before. It's clear. And I really thought that 2017 team. I don't know team how, how Herb Street could have said that. How, how, how yeah, it's he, fun to hype a game. Yeah, oh, yeah, during we, the game, he got out of Notre Dame a lot. Yeah, That's fun, too. Especially late. Yeah. And understandably so. Pete, you and I really thought Miami was going to fold under Notre Dame. Yeah. Quentin Nelson. I thought, well, yeah. yeah. I thought Notre Dame was going to win by double digits at Miami. And you thought they'd win I by one. I thought they yeah. would win by one. Um at Michigan, so yeah, not not the same thing. Well, now what? We will never say it won't happen again, right? Yeah, at right. least for at least for yeah. two years. All right. Exactly. And Jacobs three. What offseason prediction was more off? Book taking a step forward and establishing himself with the top level quarterbacks, or the defensive ends, mainly Julian Aquar, being stars. With a lot of hate on Chip Long, should most of the passing game be blame be on Book? For me, uh, it's the defensive ends, mainly Aquar, being stars because. I wasn't sure Ian Book would take the step forward. Um, I was 100% certain that Julian Aquar and Khalid Kareem were going to wreck pockets for 12 games, and that hasn't happened. So it's not that's not close for me. I, I'm amazed that Julian Aquara has gone full Stefan Tuit on us 
without the weight gain and playing worse. I didn't mm. think that Ian Book would s- step backwards. Um, no. Which he which yeah, he true. had which yeah, he had. I didn't read it that way, but yeah, you're right. Um, but you can see, you know, I think Book I think Kareem's MVP. still doing a lot of good things. Sure, the most okay, Aquara. Yeah, not, I mean, yeah, um, he, had, he had a great game, and he won the he won the Virginia game, but he is not what any of us thought he would be, right? No, okay, no, he's not. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised by both. I thought that at worst book would be the same as he was last year, and he's not. Um, if you look at, he started twelve games since he took over for Wimbush against Power Five teams. His five highest passer ratings were his first five starts. His five worst, four of them have come this season, with the other one being Clemson, which doesn't count. So yeah, that's crazy. It's not a it's not a healthy situation. That's I. I so I asked the question to Brian Kelly, his 87th question about quarterbacks today, is have people sort of found out how Chip Long uses Ian Book and snuffed it out? Because that's how it feels when I watch the games. In in his response... Was fair. What? Yeah, it was like... he was. I think he said no. I said they don't look at it that way. Yeah, they yeah. don't look at it that way. It's more about how do we get Book play, to play better opposed to how do we call different plays for Book, which... That's you know he's the head coach he, yeah. he can totally have that opinion. He also said in listing we're challenging everybody, so on and so forth. Chip Long has been challenged this week, so there's I, I think there's there's it's a complicated answer that more than one thing is true. Well, it's always it's always more than one yeah. thing being true, and and I and I understand his response to that because they know that Ian Book is looking at wide open receivers and not throwing the damn football to them. You yeah. can see, you can, yeah. There's a couple it, we were actually looking at, which is hard to do because you're watching yeah, it right. It's, the game. it's yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's harder to see from the press box. It's like throw it. I know you're looking at them. <laughs> I know you see them. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I I'm my position is like I refuse to believe that Ian Book can't or won't throw it. Right, which is what which is why his his response was it was they just need Ian Book to play to the level that they know. He's capable of playing because yeah. he flashed it last year. He flashed it in the first game that he played. Yeah, that's really starting. It is frustrating when you've seen it before. It's not just completely being smothered by others. I mean, that's why I said Clemson doesn't count. Sure. He, it's not the same thing playing Clemson. He had no. He is not good enough to be Clemson. Right. He's good enough to beat and some of these other teams. There, there are what two or three quarterbacks in the country that are good right. enough to so be Clemson. Fine. Yeah, I'm right. saying he just looks bad. He looks not like Ian Book against other teams in that. That's a surprise, too. I guess these are both surprises, and that's why they lost to Michigan by yeah. 150. Buster Biven, do you still believe Tom Reese is a good position coach? Both of his quarterbacks have played badly enough to get replaced. It would be like saying an AP teacher was good despite all their students failing the exam, which I love the analogy. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, it's kind of hard to dispute the analogy. Well, Book played well enough to be a top 10 quarterback last year, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Somebody asked me this as well, and I think that evaluating position coaches, whether they're doing a good job or not, is actually one of the most impossible things for us I to agree. do. Because there, there's too many things happening above them and below them. Like, you can say that player is not playing well because it's right in front of you. And you can say that, that coordinator or head coach isn't doing a good job because it's right there in front of you. The position coaches are really tough. I can tell you that Ian Book... And Ian Book's family feel very strongly that Tom Reese is doing a good job. 
you know, I haven't asked about them like since Saturday night. You didn't text on Monday. No, <laughs> no, but they they feel like he's a really good college position coach, uh, and he's doing good work. That, but that's not showing itself on Saturday. So it's, it's I don't not, know where you go with that. When I the the few opportunities that we have to watch the coaching staff coach, I'm impressed with the way Tom Reese coaches. What does my opinion matter on that? It doesn't. But no, you're I know, opinion, so it does. Okay, yep. well, I, I think I know, A, I know how to coach. B, I can recognize a good coach when I hear and see them coaching. I was around every football practice at Notre Dame when they were winning, you know, 64 games in, in six years. I know what good coaches look like and sound like and, and how whether they're teaching well or not. And that's my impression of Tom Reese. The fact that Ian Book's not, I, I agree with you, Pete. I mean, I, there are a lot of other dynamics involved in the, the play of a, a player beyond the position coach. Zorich42, my favorite question of the week. Do you think Brian Polian knows a player should never jump on a punted ball that is blocked? Yep, 100%. I'm pretty confident that Brian Polian knows that, yes. I have a thing to bring up about the special teams. When you have a couple tragic mistakes over the course of a year on special teams, no matter what else happens, it's hard to grade special teams highly. Well, it is in special teams. It's just the when way you're a special works. teams coach, you're involved. You, yeah. I mean, there are so many aspects of special teams. There's so many ways that your special teams can screw up over the course of a game. It's. I mean, it's the same as the Buster Ribbon question. It's. It's so hard to judge position coaches, but special teams is almost impossible because there are a million players you have to coach. Yeah. And overall, in, I'd say in, in would, so many different yeah, ways. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Overall, yes. Yeah, would yeah. we not say special teams yeah. has had a really good year? Yeah, and that, yeah that, with five, Jonathan Dore and uh, Jay Bramlett, five out of seven games. Although Bramlett was, I got, I, I love Jay Bramlett's game, yeah. man. Yeah, hey, that's my. You've been point. saying it for I, yeah. days. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying it for all, all five but, weeks. But yeah. that's my point. When you're you're two, okay, your second and third best team you play, you just let an onside kick bounce. And you, and you don't know the rules on punts. It just it supersedes so many things because big plays and games change games. Think about it was in the tailgate. Think about the dichotomy between Chris Fink and Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, Chris Fink is he doesn't want anything to do with anything. I would watch Donovan Peoples Jones return punts all day. Diving because it's just like it's insane. Diving for bouncing it's, punts. Yeah. That, it's some golden tape. No. Do it. Like he just wants to yeah. do something because he's bored out there and he's going to go after the ball. Yeah. No, he does. He has some. That's no, true. Yeah, it, because he's he's only caught like eighteen passes in seven games, and yeah. <laughs> but think of the difference between those two. The way one attacked the game, and the other one sat back. Did you saw the one punt in the second half yes. where? I heard you too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't very happy with special teams in that game. <laughs> where it bounced, you know, I mean, he it bounced three yards from where he was standing when the punt was kicked, and he just backed away from it, and that was a nine, 14, 14 yard. Difference. Well, at a time where you need your offense can't right, right, get a first right, down, right. much less you need something to right. spark. Incon thirty four. Are you guys ready to admit that Brian Kelly is incapable? of properly developing recruiting quarterbacks and that they continue to regress? Well, <clears throat> um, they're pretty good. Just with... say yes. Okay, sure. I guess, <laughs> the wording of these questions is, is it's like really awesome. backed me into a corner. It's like you've been listening to our press conferences with BK. Uh, yeah. I, what? I, is there anything? Is there any way we can refute it now? I, I mean, I really thought that it wouldn't happen to book because it was more Chip Long and, and Tom Reese 
but it's happened. So, okay, in Con 34, uh, yeah, what what defense do we have? None. I don't know what to comment on how I can't believe it's happening. J.C. Vincent, should we give Clark Lee a pass for his first really bad game? How much can be attributed to the offensive woes? Uh, I I hate the the pass or lack of accountability styles of questions because like so what's the alternative? <laughs> you just fire him? Like is that because we're not firing him or like egging his house? Is that giving him well, a pass? Great defensive coordinators have bad games. Yeah. Their defenses. Don Brown have had bad one a month games. ago. Don Brown. <laughs> He had one a month ago. They yeah. gave up 60 to Ohio State. <laughs> oh, that's true, too. I didn't even think yeah. about that one. That was a really bad game. But Wisconsin, at least one team's right. good. I, and yeah, I, I, just, believe, yeah. I believe we had comments through the summer that, oh, yeah, Don Brown's so good. Well, you, you, could, you wouldn't have any great coaches if, you, if right. you judged based upon one or two bad games. Okay, it's sort of like it's similar to the Lohi Gilman point in the first segment. Clark Lee is 100% part of whatever solution yes. Notre Dame is going to have moving forward, not this year, but also next year and however long he's here. Absolutely, and I'm completely confident that his players love him and will do everything that they po- – love and respect him and will do everything they possibly can to atone for what happened Saturday night. As for um, being attributed to the offensive woes, I only think the final score – is attributed to the offensive woes. They broke. I mean, I it wouldn't have been, it would not have been forty five points if the offense no. played a real game. They wouldn't have lost forty five twenty four. Is what I'm. Is, the, the final score is always attributed to what's going on. <laughs> the defense you was have, playing poor, The yeah. defense was playing poorly before the game got out of hand. Right, but only the end of the game getting out of hand. Right, they scored twenty. Terrible. You know, they scored their last twenty eight points in like fourteen no, minutes. Trust me, somebody at the under. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's twenty one oh sixty nine. Do you think Brian Kelly's job is secure after that loss? You know, I I I, I wrote this in uh, the snap judgments afterwards. I, of, I mean, of course, his job's secure right. as it relates to the rest of his contract. Did Jack Swarbrick think to himself at some point Saturday night, do I really want to extend that contract through twenty twenty three? I don't. I don't know, but. There's there's two conversations. His job is completely secure, um, but the backlash of these losses. That's why I say it's a devastating loss. I, I guess I'm looking at it differently than if they could win their next four or five games. Do you know how many more people he lost from his fan base with that loss? Well, but yeah, and probably some that were coming back. That's to what I mean. His, yeah. That 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 adds up. Eventually. Right. It's going to take another 32 wins in three years to <laughs> yeah, get those I mean, people it, back. It, yeah. Got him back from Miami, probably. It, then it goes away. Yeah, we do have a we do have questions on. Yeah, we are now into the book Dracovic segment, and uh, with Wash ND's question, we'll then go to Brian Kelly's comment directly to Wash ND. Not true. But. Do you now think it is time to start integrating PJ into the offense, Phil Dracovic? If you think about it with Kelly, when a first time player gets to the field, they simplify things. The offense gets better for that season. Then, of course, the next season they will go away from what worked in the previous season, and he continues to, uh, oh, wow, I'll just read it for you, make things more complicated and leave their QB a shriveling mess by the end of the next season, or in Book's case, a scared player running from ghosts in the rain at Michigan. I apologize for almost not reading that. Wow. (laughs) Um, It doesn't matter what we think. Oh, actually, and I only thought they should integrate him during the game for sure. I I don't, once you get back to practice week, if they don't think Dracovic is anywhere near Book, then no, you don't integrate him. And Brian Kelly on the topic today said, if I felt like playing Phil for five plays, four plays would make a difference in making us a better football team. I would do it in a second. I'm only interested in how I can help our football team win. This is not about ego 
or we have to play one guy or two guys. I just want to win football games by pay, playing the best players that will help us win. If I thought for a second that Phil Dracovic would be on the field to help us winning in some fashion, he would be on the field. This is as honest as I can be with you. Yeah. That's, that's a triple down. That's the great answer. That's a great answer. Um, there was somebody had asked me that, you know, hey, what, what does Notre Dame have to lose by playing Phil Dracovic? You could lose the rest of An the season, your bin? job, and the locker room. Just those three things. You could be out of a job if you do that. And the rest of the roster is like, we know the books better. You're just doing that because you're on a message board or reading Twitter. That would be a devastating coaching mistake for Brian Kelly, and he is way too smart to make that. I understand how frustrating it is yeah. the way Ian Book yeah. is playing, but that doesn't mean that there's a better alternative. Both things are true. And that's what we've been trying to tell people. We haven't even been hinting at it. We've been saying they're not going to play him because he's not as good. They do not feel he's as good. We can never prove if he's as good or not. The people that matter at all do not think it's a close competition in any way, shape, or form, nor will it be. And when Brian in their Ke- mind right now, when Brian Kelly volunteered the information about yes. incorrectly reading the dummy signal, take it from there. Yeah, that was a little cue that you could pick up when you've been around a coach for ten years. And Pete and I and Tim have talked about this. When you want, just offer to the world that Phil Dracovic was reading from the dummy card instead of the real play card. This was the Bowling Green game. The Bowling game. Green game. And we had to call timeout. We had to burn a timeout, blah, blah, blah. When you're, All they did was ask about Phil Dracovic's performance. And you offer that. That means there's some issues they have with putting him in a game. And i got to hand it to Washington D because even though they're not going to play Phil Dracovic, the shriveling Mets, scared player running from the ghost of the rain at Michigan was a very well written question. And, <laughs> Ian Book and Sam Darnold seeing ghosts yeah. on the football field. Oh. CB Wonder 81... What is it going to take for coaches to play Dracovic? <laughs> should have on that one first. CB Wonder, are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> what is it going to take for coaches to play Dracovic more? That's a, I mean, we could, that's yeah, a different it is. question. It is a different question. I'm not saying start him, but give him a few packages and rotate him more than mop-up duty since we've all seen what Book can't do. It's a good question because Brian Kelly also said today, look, Phil Dracovic just has not played many games, so... He practices, he practices, and he doesn't play games. He talked about the phenomenon of football. There's 12 games, hundreds of practices. <laughs> and that he just can't get him in a game. The only way to get him in a game, of course, is the catch-22 of to get him in a game. But he doesn't think it's going to help them win, so he's not going to do it outside of mop-up duty, right? Yeah. I, I have nothing to add. Uh, I do. Um, let, let me, okay, when, when Phil Dracovic comes to the line of scrimmage in a practice situation, and can't decipher the coverage. Tell me what's going to happen when he's going against Bud Foster and Virginia Tech in a live situation. This isn't, you know, this whole uh, romance of Joe Montana was a bad practice quarterback, but in the game, he first of all, the game was incredibly different than where it was just line up and play. It wasn't a, it wasn't anywhere near the strategic game that it would become. By Lou Holtz, let alone this time. So you're saying Ian Book is better than Joe Montana? <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you and okay, and, and in fairness, CB one or eighty one, you're not saying stardom. I get it. But right, what right. what what package? Well, the package issue is Ian Book's the best red zone quarterback in the country. So like people ask for him in the red zone. What? Not in the, right, not in the red zone. Now, is there is there something that maybe you can do with with Jerkovic's feet between the twenties? I'm not. I'm not completely disagreeing with that. Brian Kelly is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Brian Kelly's disagreeing. But so I don't, I don't completely disagree with that notion. But Brian Kelly shot it down today. The notion of playing Dracovic to get him playing time. He, he does need to play. 
in order for him to get playing time. So that is the problem. Right, but you don't sacrifice. No coach in America, unless you're in the middle of a 4-8 and eight season or one of those kind of seasons, you don't sacrifice wins to be better prepared next year. There's no coach in America that will do that when you're on a, a trajectory to potentially winning 10 games and maybe going to maybe Orange Bowl. I, that's, it's like no, Pete. not Orange Bowl anymore. Well, Cotton Bowl. Okay. It's like you're yeah. redshirting the guy that you need now, rule. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's it's similar to this. Yeah. It's not a, there's nothing they can do. It's like, it's, 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 a, it's the Dexter Williams correlation to last year or two years, two ago. years ago. Why aren't they playing Dexter Williams more? Well, it's because he can't pick up the blitz or know the doesn't play. doesn't know the playbook. But why aren't they playing him more? I just told you why they're not playing him more. Phil Jokovic, you're not putting him in right now because he can't read a defense. You can't just put him in there to throw deep and then do RPOs. That's that, and really, it's not even a pass. It's just run. Well, I find, I, I find it a little ironic that I mean, did you see some of the passes that Jokovic threw Saturday night? I know, it was, yeah. I mean, it was some of the same stuff that we had seen before, but I didn't hear one person say, "Man, you can't you can't go to Jokovic." Did you see the way he threw the ball the other night? Because they they so badly want somebody other than Ian Book. And well, Book I, and we had do, a, just a horrible. No, we game, get, so we, it's, get, get no, it. we get we get that. But yeah. there's not always a solution. <clears throat> it's competitive athletics. It doesn't always work that way. BL Casebird is Book our starting quarterback September 2020. You you skipped one, but we'll go back to oh, that. Oh, sorry. Um, maybe. Maybe. I feel like no. And I don't don't ask me like why. You like like where he's going to be you know, or like like what's going I just I feel like that's a Well, no. I kind of feel I, I I hear what you I kind of feel like something's going to happen that what you know, I don't I, we don't know what the scenario is, but that it won't work out that way. I will guess yes. Okay, so without gotta, a, without a ton of no maybe and yes. Well, something's got to happen. I mean, he's got to he could have a decent November to the point where Chip Long will definitely want to use him for one more year. He could he he book could have a decent November, right? A pretty good November. Yeah, he's got he's he so has. So Phil Dracovic can't get anywhere near the field, but then he's going to beat out Ian Book if he wants to come back. <laughs> the two worst defenses there uh, that they have remaining are Boston College and Stanford. See, I feel like Book's NFL decision has been taken out of his hands. Yeah. So I don't know if he wants to transfer and go somewhere else. But he could just come back to Notre Dame with all his teammates in a. Well, you'd only I mean, transfer and go somewhere else if you, if you thought you might lose the job, and he's not he he's not going. They would have to have all the transfer candidates <laughs> not go to Oklahoma, and then he could go there. Give that a I mean, shot. He, <laughs> look, he could go somewhere else because he enjoys playing somewhere else more than playing here. That would that, be that's something that be part of the equation. Yeah. Um, I'm saying he could grad transfer and have been the starter at Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. I would not rule that out. Wait, say that again. I'm saying that he, he if he stays, he could start. Right. But he could still leave. And okay. Go, go Interesting. Grad yeah. transfer somewhere else. I'm just saying that that so has could, to be a scenario you account he for. He could do a Golson, but take it into the year. Because it would be more enjoyable or to play football somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, it'd be a fifth year. So he could leave probably in December in, in or the, spring. Yeah. And, that, and he would be leaving because he would find a situation easier for him to. Play more effectively? Probably. Okay, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. I skipped ND1 Cubs 1, who has been suffering this year. If you were the head coach, who would be your starting quarterback on Saturday? Ian Book, 100%. I wouldn't even, I would not think twice about it. 
there is no decision to be made. Golden Domer 73, can you admit that Brian Kelly has hit his ceiling? And we're seeing the same things over and over and over in year two. Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Year 10. Year 10. That was year two also. There was just, <laughs> year two was bad. Has actually. he, has he hit his like ceiling? Uh, you know what? He has hit his ceiling, but I, I sort of mean that as a compliment. Because they're, like they're, <laughs> they're winning 10 games every year now. That's, that's the ceiling on what Notre Dame probably is. And he's won 12 twice. Yeah. So, so I do think he's hit a ceiling, yeah. And I have all the, yeah, I mean. Well, I, I, what's beyond, I mean, I guess getting to the national championship game and then winning the national championship game. and I mean, getting to the national championship is the next step because you win a playoff game nowadays. That's not like right. lucking into the, not right. lucking into it, but you know what I mean, not, not getting a fortune. Yeah, he really needed to play <clears throat> Kansas State in 2012. Yes, that would have been massive, even Oregon. And that would have been a, that would have been a really tough coaching matchup for him, too. They would have, I mean, not, the personnel wouldn't have been like playing Alabama, but that would have been a really, really difficult they, uh, coaching I would have taken my chances him. with Colin Klein I, in that defensive I, front by Notre Dame. I, yes. would, I would agree. Uh, James Sledge, did I really type that in? Yeah. I, I don't remember. Okay. Is this loss the beginning of the end of the Kelly era? Are Clark Lee and Chip Long viable candidates? It is not the beginning of the end of the Kelly era because I thought the Duke loss was in 2016, so I stand corrected. I will say the Duke loss in 2019 would be, but... Right, that could happen too. That would be a problem if we lost to Duke. Are Clark Lee and Chip Long viable candidates? No, no, neither. To are. to replace him, is that? Yeah, to replace. Okay, him. I think that's um, what it means. Yeah, because um, he would if they would go if he. Goes, I think. I, mean. I think. I think Clark Lee could be the head coach of Notre Dame someday, but not next. Not, not next. Uh, I would just no. I'm not. Listen, you wouldn't promote listen, him after listen. Saturday night. <laughs> no. <laughs> listen, I think. As with Jack Swarbrick as the director of athletics, there was no way he was going to hire a guy that hadn't been a head coach ten years ago. Under the current circumstance, under the current situation of the program, he might be more inclined. I'm not saying he will hire Clark Lee. He is more inclined. Yeah. Like I, I'm thinking we, we both have exactly. asked him this. He exactly. is. That doesn't mean he will. But he is more inclined because before that was a disqualifying Absolutely. resume line Absolutely. that you would not be now, a head coach. Let me say that Chip Long is not a head coaching candidate in Notre Dame and never will be. I agree with that. I don't think Chip Long would would coach at Notre Dame. That'd be a hard. That'd be a hard uh, from the business aspect of going through. He's just too honest in the press conferences and stuff like that. I mean, he'd have to have a whole new. Well, you have to have a whole new approach to the public press conference. Beyond that, beyond that, he's an old school coach, and yeah. I don't yeah, think no, there's that, a part that's of, not going to work in Notre Dame. It is a big thing. Notre Dame's got a lot of things other than just like you know your ability to coach football. Absolutely, they're number one it, on that it, list. It, it has really to is. be a consideration. Yeah, uh, MN Irish 2019. Does the outcome of last night change your regular season one loss picks? We were all ten and two, right? I think so. Yeah, I said I'd no. go to. I said I'd go to eleven and one if they beat Michigan, and no, I'd, I'd stay with ten and two now. I, you know, they're. <laughs> they still should win the remaining five games. I'm not saying that they absolutely will. In fact, Tim, you think I have a rant, but I, you want to save it for Thursday. Okay. I don't think they're going to go. I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to lose one more game. I wouldn't be shocked at that. Look, I don't know what game it's going to be, but there's going to be a game they are not prepared again because, in your mind, mentally, I don't mean Brian. I think Brian Kelly's going to circle the wagons, and they might be mad as hornets this week. And there's a 17 point spread out there if you want to try it out. Does that sustain going into Duke? If you're Notre Dame's players, does does Julian Aquara have any interest in getting hit 50 times by Navy in the knee? Ooh. I know, but you better be ready for Navy because they're good again. Do you think that going out to Stanford 
is an absolute guaranteed win with what you just saw on the no, field. No, no. Do you? Th- I, they should beat Boston College. You want a whole bunch of? What do you think that crowd's going to be like on Senior Day in the rain when it's thirty degrees and AJ Dillon's running in the third we, and fourth we can, quarter? We can only hope it's rain. So I think they will lose a game. Okay. I'm not smart enough to know which game, but I, I think it's hard for Notre Dame to be mentally up for their next five so, games. So, your answer is yes. Yeah, the I, outcome I of Saturday night does I think they will go 9-3. and three. Okay. Irish okay. Gambler asks, over-under one <clears throat> loss the rest of the regular season. Is a 10-win season motivation enough for this team? Yeah. I, I say no. I just said no. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I say yes because I, I just think these the motivation, nothing to play for concept is a bit... Fan fiction. I mean, senior. If I'm not saying nothing to play for. I'm saying you can't. You they have decent teams. They have to get up for every different week. You got to be up for this game for crying out loud. I mean, you just got embarrassed, publicly flogged. But I don't know if it carries over every week. The motivation to beat Duke at Duke. Duke cares a lot more than Notre Dame does about that game. David. David. I mean, what? come on, David. Do d- they? Yes, they do. Do what, they? Duke? What Duke? Duke yeah, cares. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Does Navy care more than Notre Dame about that game? First time Notre Dame's ever been at Duke. I mean, they're. Uh, yeah. Wait, uh, wait, no. Think Stanford will. Did Notre Dame. I was really, really young when Notre Dame beat Duke, 100 whatever to nothing. Uh, at home, though. I don't, I don't think they've been to Duke to play. I don't know. I just. Look, most of these guys are. are their football career is. There's a lot of guys on this team that are going to play five more football games, probably six with a bowl game in their life. So I, I guess I just don't really get the, I don't want to play anymore. I give up. I've been I've been doing this my whole life. I just, don't, now I quit. That has nothing to do with it. I, I think you don't prepare the same when you are 100% mentally. Why do they have optimal zone and mental focus and all that junk up in there if, if it's just easy? If they're self-motivated, they can just walk out there and be ready no, to play all the time? that's a good point. They have to remind fair. them. So it's a, it's what a, happened this week? <laughs> I mean, these are all fair points. Just, these are fair points. I mean, I think that... Ten win motivation when you get near there. Like, I know the Stanford game. I listed it, but it's easier to win the Stanford game if you're if there's something here's, at stake. Here's what I would say: the I'd change the question a little bit. Like, the ten win motivation is junk. Okay, yeah. No, yes. nobody on that roster is like we want to win ten games. Like, that's not a thing. It's I want to kick the crap out of Virginia Tech. I want to. I want to put on tape that I can play in the NFL. Well, well, I know that, one guy that's, be enough. Enough. That, no, one that's guy what I was going to say is if if the 10 wins or whatever you want to say is the if that's enough motivation, there's individual motivation to yeah. play well. I'm not saying there can't be individual motivation to play well. I just think it's hard. They'd be almost better if they had a couple bigger teams in here. Yeah, true. True. Uh, Indy Sushi, what's the probability of a 2014 or 2016-esque death spiral? (laughs) I will start since I think we lose one. Very, very low. I do not think that's going to happen. I just think you're not going to answer the bell one game. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. They're not that bank. 2014 was an injury issue. 2016 was an issue way before the season started. Um, Neither of those things would seem to apply today. Tommy Kramer's probably out for For the regular season. season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Statman72. Kelly surprised us all by engineering a remarkable turnaround after the disastrous 2016 season, a task that was a much greater challenge than beating the five opponents remaining in this year's schedule. Why shouldn't we expect a turnaround from Saturday's disaster? Well, it kind of goes into what we were just saying. I I think you reasonably can. I just reasonably don't. A turnaround, sure, I think they'll go. Well, I... I, They're... Look, the leadership on this team and the pride in this program is 
is is very high, I believe. It didn't we didn't see any evidence of that Saturday night. But again, I, I defensively, I think the I think the players respect Clark Lee so much that they're probably embarrassed by what happened Saturday. I think they'll bounce back. I don't know if we can promise anything offensively because if I yeah, mean, yeah. If, well, that goes partly into what I'm saying is that I think they're going to have some bad offensive games. Too. Yeah, it's not easy to win if you score 21. Accounting for a flat tire loss that O'Malley is talking mm-hmm. about, um, they would probably finish the year 32-7 and seven over three years. That's an 82% winning percentage. I don't know if that's something you're trying to actually turn around from. So maybe that's the ceiling. Yeah. That's a pretty good ceiling. I'll ask this one because I think Pete's got an answer. Dip 98, does a 10-2 and two ND team make a New Year's Six Bowl? Not the Orange Bowl, uh, unfortunately, for... Everyone who covers Notre Dame. So, uh, not having looked at that at all, what Cotton Bowl is a possibility? What? What? Why is Why is so, the Orange Bowl? <clears throat> so the Orange Bowl for Notre Dame to go to the Orange Bowl, they have to be ranked higher than okay. the essentially the third place Big Ten team because Ohio State's in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Then somebody goes to the Rose. Then you got to be higher than that okay. third place team. That's okay. you know Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan. I don't think they're going to be higher than all of them. Then you also have to be higher than the fourth-place SEC team, assuming that Alabama and LSU go to the playoff. So you have to be higher than Auburn, Georgia, and Florida. I don't think they're going to be higher than than all of all those of teams. That's the only way you get to the Orange Bowl. Cotton Bowl, you just really need to be in the top 11, which is highly reasonable. Right. Um, yeah, because five straight wins really good. Yeah, it's not a lock that you're in the top 11, but you're probably you probably have played your way back into it because there's enough Oregon or Utah have lost one more time. No Baylor has lost there's a couple six times. Florida can lose two times. Yeah, Since yeah. the advent of the playoff, uh, teams that finished 10 and 2 or better, five of them have not made a New Year's Six bowl game and they're like West Virginia, Oklahoma or no, West Virginia, um, Northwestern um, Washington State, not teams with a name like Notre Dame. So I, even though you look at it right now and Camping World seems to be the most likely outcome, the Cotton Bowl, if they win out, is, I'd say, better than 50-50 chance that that will be enough to get you in the Cotton Bowl. Last question, P. Sully, 226. <laughs> Give us a detailed prediction for Notre Dame's 2033 game at Michigan. That's, it's going to be tough for me to cover when Tate's playing in the game. <laughs> Wait, not, what, not, he didn't mean Forcier. Yeah. What, what, yeah, yeah, definitely not Tate Forcier. <laughs> what, what year will uh, Tate be in think, school at, uh, I think he'll be at a, Michigan at that point? No, yeah, Michigan. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was going to throw that I in, I think he'll be a sophomore, so, I mean, that's usually, that's a reasonable time to get on the field as a long snapper. I tell you what, there is no way Michigan can beat Notre Dame <laughs> in Michigan Stadium in 2033. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, I'm not going to be there. I'm never going back to that place again. <laughs> I can, that, I can, I know, I shouldn't make promises. I can't. You can just but, choose not to go back to 2033. It's right, not a big right. deal. I may still be covering yeah. Notre Dame then, but I'll just choose not to go back to Michigan Stadium. <laughs> I should probably not go back to Michigan Stadium for that game. Okay, well, I'm sure we're going to have uh, <laughs> uh, questions and comments on Thursday similar to these that have... That pertain to the topics that we've discussed <laughs> I heard today. I use my Okora bowing out of Navy rant. What are we going to do on Thursday? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll be back on <laughs> yes. Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish Illustrator. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit 
IndianaDunes.com.